0: Hey guys, this is Teja and welcome back to one more new episode in Salesforce Cast Podcast. And today's episode is, we'll be talking about a particular base component in Lightning Web Components, which is called Data Tables. So the advantages that we get with Data Table Base Component, the disadvantages that we have got with uh, Data Tables and how can we fix them, what are the workarounds and stuff like that. The route that I'm going to take here is, instead of directly jumping into the base component, which is Lightning Data Table in LWC, We will talk a little bit about visual force pages and a few base components in visual force pages which are related to or similar to data tables and from there we will just try to pick up the actual concept and then from there we will try to take things ahead. Okay, let's dive in. So basically salesforce is divided into two categories. One is called salesforce declarative approach and the other thing is called salesforce programmatical approach. So there are a few things that we can easily build with declarative approach. We will get into what declarative approach is real quick. And uh, as mentioned, there are only a few things that we can do with declarative approach. But with Salesforce programmatical approach, we can do a lot of things. Whenever we have a business process that has to be built, we always need to uh, think if that can be accomplished or created or fixed by using the declarative approach. In case if you don't know what is declarative approach, what I mean by that is, Salesforce has got their core software and this includes your validation rules, formula fields, and roll-up summaries, relationships, workflows, approval process, process builders, flows, and all this stuff. So basically, we can make use of this core Salesforce software and we can build business processes which can automate a lot of things. But in case if things cannot be done using the declarative approach, it's only then we need to opt for the programmatical approach. One of the major advantages that we get when we try to build things or business processes with declarative approaches, we don't have to write the test cases or test classes. It is not the case with your programmatical approach. And what I mean by that is, as mentioned, with programmatical approach, you will be having a lot of liberty. You can almost do anything and everything because uh, you can try to integrate Salesforce with external platform. You have few APIs for that. You have few libraries using which you can try to process millions of records. So basically, with programmatical approach, you can do almost anything and everything. But for you to move the code from Salesforce org, one of the Salesforce orgs to a production org, you have to make sure that your test classes are in place. But whereas with declarative approach, since you are not trying to make use of any code, there is no need for you to write the test classes. There are multiple other advantages and disadvantages among these two options. But one of the uh, major uh, advantages is with declarative approach, since you are trying to Build a business process just by using the core Salesforce platform. You don't have to write the test classes since there is no code which is involved. That is one of the advantages that we get with declarative approach. So always as a general rule of thumb, whenever you have a business process that has to be built in front of you, try and think if that can be built or accomplished using declarative approach. In case if it is not done with declarative approach, it's only then we need to go ahead and opt for the programmatical approach. Now, coming back to programmatical approach, once again, that is divided into two categories or two buckets. One category is called the front end. The other category is called the back end. So anything and everything that has got something to do with the UI part of it that falls into the front end and anything and everything that has got to do with your business logic, sorting your data, performing few operations like searching them, getting list of all the records, which is similar to. A particular search query. So basically, all these things they fall into the category of backend. Now, to take care of the frontend, Salesforce has got a framework called Visual Force. And to take care of the backend-related technicalities, there is a framework called Apex. Once again, to take care of the frontend, Salesforce has given us something called Visual Force framework. And to take care of the backend, Salesforce has given us something called Apex. So all the UI-related code goes to Visual Force page. And what I mean by that is. Let us say that we want to create a button. So that is basically a UI related element. So the code which is related to creating a button goes to your visual force page. And now what happens when user tries to click on the button that is related to some sort of functionality as in when user tries to click on the button, you are trying to maybe perform a search operation or maybe you are trying to perform a insertion operation. So that code will be put into or it will be segregated into your apex or backend related category. So basically anything and everything that is related to your frontend or UI related stuff can be built by using Visual Force. and anything and everything that is related to your backend or interaction with database and other stuff goes to your Apex class. So Visual Force pages has got two important things that we need to try and understand and one of them is called tags and the other thing is called attributes. So these tags that I'm trying to talk about is very much similar to your HTML tags. So, just like how you have your tags in HTML, you have tags in Visual Force that you can make use of. So, basically, you can say that Visual Force page is a tag based library or framework, wherein just by making use of these tags, we can build a whole bunch of UI components. Let us say that we are interested in building a button, then we can make use of a tag called Apex Command Button. And this is going to get us back a button. And uh, what attributes refer to is attributes, they define the characteristics of the tag. And what I mean by that is, a tag is going to tell us or it is going to give a UI element onto the page and attributes, they are going to define how does it look, where should it be placed, what is the color, what is the background and um, characteristics related to this particular tag. So let me try to refresh this. Visual Force page has got two things that we need to understand. One of them is called tags. So Salesforce has given us a whole bunch of tags and uh, these tags, they will try to give ui related stuff onto our pages and we have got something called attributes and these attributes they define the characteristics of the tag something related to the height width and other stuff and each and every tag is going to have its own set of attributes that we can make use of it is not that we can use all the attributes for all the tags let us say that we have a tag called apex command button it is going to have its own set of attributes that we can use We are only supposed to use those attributes for this tag called Apex command button. Let me try to take a moment and talk about one important thing here. People usually ask me is it a mandatory thing to memorize all the tags and uh, all the associated attributes and my answer is you don't have to memorize them. It is not possible as well because you might be memorizing all the attributes of a particular tag and then uh, for every release that Salesforce comes up with they might try to Add new attributes, new tags. They may try to deprecate few tags and few attributes. So all the effort that you have put in memorizing them goes for a task. So it is always suggested that you don't try to memorize it. Rather, if it is possible, try to inculcate the habit of reading the documentation again and again whenever you need it. Let us say that you have a business process that has to be built and you're absolutely not aware of all the tags and attributes that has to be used for that particular business process or task. Then you can come back to the documentation, try to go through all the uh, tags and its associated attributes based on the requirement that you have got. And you can cherry pick all the necessary tags and attributes and you can try to implement them into your project. That way it is going to make a lot of sense rather than trying to memorize it. And coming back to where we were, basically Visual Force page has got two key things. One is called tags and the other thing is called attributes. Now we kind of understood what is the difference between and importance of tags and attributes. You can also call these tags as base components. The reason I say that is what Salesforce is trying to do is they are trying to automate a lot of stuff and they are trying to do all the heavy lifting by using these tags and they are trying to give the wrapper around that to us via attributes. They are trying to create a component which can be reused and they are trying to give that component to us. We can customize the component by passing dynamic values or generic values to these attributes. So you can think of these tags as components which are built by Salesforce. Likewise, we can also build our own uh, custom Force components and you can give it back to your team or you can give it back to your clients and they can go ahead and start using or reusing these components. Just like how Salesforce is trying to give us the flexibility of passing dynamic values to these tags, you can also make sure the dynamic values can be passed to it by using attributes. So all we are trying to do is we are trying to create a custom visual force component and we are trying to create a wrapper on top of it and we are trying to give it back to our clients or the team members so that they can start passing in dynamic values. One of the basic advantages of this is they don't have to rebuild the same functionality again and again in a particular project. Rather, they can go ahead and start passing different values to this component that we kind of built. So I would always like to call these tags as uh, base components because more or less they act like Components and it is given by the uh, framework, they act out of the box. So I would like to refer them as base components. And some of the frequently used base components are there's something called page block table. And what this is, whenever we try to give a list of records, page block table makes sure that this data is represented in a nice tabular format. And uh, what I mean by that is, once the data is kind of displayed back to the user or once the data is kind of rendered on the visual force page, There is an option wherein we can pass some header values to the columns. And whenever you try to on hover the records, there is some sort of uh, background highlighting thing which is happening there. And uh, it is not that they are trying to just give us the bare bones of the table. Rather, the table that page block table is going to give us is a lot more polished than the basic or normal table that we get access to by using table HTML tags. So this is one such uh, base component. And other base component is called data table. So functionality wise, this is very much similar to our Apex page block tables It's going to make sure that it iterates over a list of records and it displays the records, but this is not going to have any CSS at all. Page block table as mentioned is super polished. You have row highlighting there when you try to on hover the row and stuff like that, whereas you don't get all that out of the box CSS plugged into the uh, tabular structure when we try to use data table. And we have something called data list, which is nothing but it is going to display the content in the format of an ordered list uh, (ul and li uh, stuff). So it is going to basically throw the data onto your Visual Force page. Likewise, we have something called Apex repeat, and the basic purpose of this component or this tag is it is going to loop over through all the records of a particular list, and it is going to display the data onto the Visual Force page. And it is on to the developer to make sure that we apply some sort of nice-looking CSS on top of it so that data will be represented in a uh, user understandable format. Else, it is going to be some data which is thrown on the Visual Force page without any styling and that stuff. So out of all these four tables, if you want a nice looking uh, table, then it is always suggested that we use something called page block table. One of the major advantages that I get with Apex page block table is if I want to display data of a particular object, let us say that I were to display all the records which are associated to account object. And in account object, there are two fields called rating and industry which are picklist fields now if i want to display the data in a tabular form and i also want to display these two fields in picklist format then if i just try to fetch the data and try to display it back in apex uh, page block table it is not going to display the two fields which is industry and rating in picklist format it is going to just get the data and it is going to just throw the data onto the visual force page but with apex page block table there is an option. If we can configure it, we can make sure that we display the field how it is on the object. Coming back to our previous example, industry is a picklist field on account object. So if I want to display data in a picklist field, then what I can do is I can make use of Apex page block table, and within that, uh, to that uh, Apex page block table, I'll try to source the records via L list, and then within the Apex page block table, I'll try to make use of another tag called apex column based on number of columns i would need and for every column i'll try to make use of something called apex input field and there i'll try to give the or source the data so coming back to our previous example we are trying to fetch few fields from account object out of which two fields are picklets fields one field is called industry the other field is called rating when they are kind of sourced to the apex page block table and when the page block table is rendered onto the visual force page since we have used something called Apex Input Field between the Apex Column tags, it is going to render the value in Apex List field. If I don't do it this way, if I try to just make use of Apex Page Block Table, and if I try to source some data to it, and if I make use of just Apex Column and not Apex Input Field within columns, then data will be displayed in non-editable format. It is more, more or less. It is like throwing data onto the Visual Force page, whereas by making use of apex input field in apex column we are trying to render the field like how it is on the particular object so we are not only trying to maintain the uh, right data but we are also trying to maintain the right representation of the column or that particular field this is one of the major advantages that we get with apex page block table similarly if you want to display a lookup field then you can try to query that field and back in the apex page block table we need to create a column for that and within that column we can make use of apex input field try to source that field and that lookup field will be rendered as a lookup field so we don't have this facility in uh, data tables in lwc we will be talking about that very soon not only this we have close to 50 plus base components or tags in visual force pages so if you remember we spoke about four different base components one of them was uh, Apex page block table and then we discussed about data table and then data list and Apex repeat. Not only this, we have close to 50 to 60 plus base components or tags which are provided by the framework. One of them is called Apex map and what it does is it is going to pull a map onto visual force page. Once again, behind the scenes, they have all the logic which is required to pull a map onto the visual force page. So they are kind of creating a wrapper on top of that logic and they are trying to give us this tag which we can make use of. And they're also giving us the option of passing some data points using attributes which we can make use of. And we can pass some dynamic data using these attributes. And the map is going to take all the characteristics based on the values that we pass as attributes. And we also have something called Apex Map Marker. It is basically used to mark a map marker. And we have few base components which are related to charts. Few base components which are related to invoking Apex methods from JavaScript and stuff like that. So, in a nutshell, this is what Visual Force technology is all about. Uh, Visual Force page has been in the market for more than 10 years now. It is a lot more mature. We can do almost anything and everything with Visual Force pages. We can invoke Apex methods right from JavaScript. And we have something called JavaScript remoting, which is a very innovative way of invoking Apex methods right from our JavaScript without using something called Apex action function or Apex action tags. If you're not aware of what uh, Apex action tags are, I would request you to do a basic research on uh, these tags. So, now uh, there are also a few disadvantages which are associated with Visual Force pages. And when I say disadvantages, what I mean by that is Visual Force pages are not built on SPA framework or single page application framework. And what I mean by single page application is let me try to give you a basic example, and that will try to give you a hang of what I'm trying to refer here. Let us say that you logged into your Salesforce account and then you tried clicking on your account object. And then what you'll see is list of your recent account records. And then you tried clicking on one of the recent account records and then you'll be seeing that particular account record. So in all the navigation that you have seen so far, for every click that you do, there is some sort of page reloading thing which is happening. And what I mean by that is, when you try to click on the accounts tab the whole page reloads and it is going to show you information that is related to accounts object you will be seeing something called you know recent account records and when you try to click on one of the uh, recent records then you will be shown the actual account record once again there will be some sort of page reloading thing which is happening there whenever you try to edit the record there will be once again a page reloading thing which is happening there let us say you tried updating a field and then you try clicking on the save button once again there is a A page reloading thing which is happening this is your traditional life cycle and this is not your single page architecture and what i mean by single page architecture is if you try to do the same clicking around or same navigation in your lightning experience environment when you try to click on account what happens is the header remains same so just the content below the header gets refreshed let us say that you'll be shown your recent account records and then you try clicking on one of the account records Once again, header is not going to refresh, just the content within that gets refreshed and you'll be shown your account related information. And this time it is also going to show you three tabs, something like related details and other um, tabs. When you try to click on details, it is not going to reload the account related information right below the menu or header. It is only going to reload the details section. And whenever you try to update that particular record, just that section refreshes and not the components to the right or not the five or six fields which are right below the header and in case if you tried editing one of the fields which is also shown in the section right below the tabs then just that field gets refreshed and the detail section gets refreshed and not the other parts of it and not the components which are to the right of the page this is what your single page architecture is so in single page architecture basically what we are trying to do is Based on the interactions that user is going to have with the application, we are trying to build dynamic UI and display it back to the users. And what I mean by that is, considering the previous example that we discussed about, when user tries to click on Accounts tab, it means that he is willing to look into the information that is related to Account object. So there is no need of reloading the whole page. There is no need of reloading the header and also the tabs. Hence, just the information below the Accounts tab Will get refreshed and when user tries to click on one single record from the bunch of recent records then it means that we are interested in looking at information that is related to just that particular record so once again there is no need of reloading the header and all the tabs and that stuff for every request that the user sent we are trying to dynamically build some ui and display it back to the users and when i say request that user is sending all i mean by that is user trying to click on a button or trying to click on a link initiates a request. So for every request that we are trying to initiate, we are trying to build the UI dynamically and display it back to the users by using AJAX without reloading the whole page. So in lightning experience, once after the user logs in, the whole page will be rendered and after that, anything that you do is always going to happen within the same container and the page is not going to reload come what may, just the components that we are kind of requesting will be rendered re-rendered and display back to the users so there is no page loading thing which is happening there just like how we have base components in visual force we also have base components in lightning web components for that matter we have whole bunch of base components in lightning web components out of which we'll be talking about something called lightning data table and there is one more component which is lightning accordion and what that does is it is basically a horizontal bar kind of a thing in fact we'll be having multiple horizontal bars whenever user tries to click on any one particular horizontal bar it expands it opens up and it tries to show the content within that element and when i try clicking on the third bar it opens the third bar and it shows the content of the third bar if i try opening the first bar it opens the first bar and it tries to show the content of the first bar so on and so forth and there is one more interesting base component which is progress bar which shows the uh, progress of a particular request And what I mean by that is, let us say we try clicking on a button and some sort of processing is happening behind the scenes. We can show the progress to the user by using this component called lightning progress bar. And there is something called lightning progress indicator. And what this does is, we can try to create a wizard kind of a thing. And what I mean by that is, splitting one functionality into three or four small sections or screens, which is basically a wizard. And we can highlight the section that the user is in by highlighting or displaying a blue bubble on top of the section. Let us say that we have a huge form and we wanted to split that form into four sections. And if the user is in the first section, we can highlight the first section by showing a blue bubble on top of the uh, section. And if the user is in the second section, then we can highlight the second bubble. That way user understands that he's done with the first section and he came to the second section now and he is working with the second section now. The moment he clicks on next, user will be taken to the next section and blue bubble will be highlighted on top of the third section and user will get to know that he is done with first section second section and now he is working with the third section this is what lightning progress indicator is all about likewise we have multiple other interesting base components and as mentioned we'll be talking about something called um, lightning data table out of all the base components that we have got there is one thing that is in common and that is When you try to compare this with visual force pages we can try to source a list to a base component in a visual force page and what I mean by that is you can try to query an object try to get the list back and you can try to source this list directly to the base component something like a page block table you can give this list to a page block table or you can try to input this list to a data list or apex repeat whereas in lightning web components that is not possible we cannot directly source a list to base components in lightning web component rather we have to always control the base components or web components using json string so whenever we try to query an object the response that we get back is going to be in the format of json in your js file and you need to control or you need to input that json string to your base components based on the input that we provide these uh, base components or web components are going to function And what I mean by that is, let us consider our example which is lightning data table. So lightning data table is going to have two parts within it. First part is going to be the columns which will be displayed in the table. And the second part is going to be the actual data. So we can configure the columns by inputting a JSON string. Likewise, we can also configure the data by passing a JSON string. And what I mean by configuring the columns or data is let us say that we wanted to display a url column in the database table then the json string that we are supposed to provide to the columns is going to change we are going to add few other elements or few other entities into the json string based on that a particular column will be rendered as a url in case if i want to display some sort of currency in the database table once again i need to tweak the json string that is being inputted to columns and based on the attributes that i provide to the json it is going to display currency symbol in the data table. Similar to that, if I want to have inline editing feature enabled in the data table, then I need to provide the JSON string in such a way, or I need to add a few other attributes to the JSON string and give that as an input to the columns so that the particular data table is going to have the inline feature which is enabled. Similar to that, we also need to provide the JSON string which is going to represent the data that will be rendered in the data table. So, in case if we want to control the characteristics or behavior of this data table, then we need to control the JSON, which is inputted to this base component or web component. So, this is how all the web components are architectured, which is we only control the JSON input which is provided to the base components rather than trying to play around with the list that we get back from the Apex methods. Now considering the Lightning data table component. We have few limitations with this component. Agreed that it is a great component. It is one of the most frequently used components. And what I mean by that is, in case if you want to enable inline editing, all you need to do is you need to change one piece of the JSON input that we provide to the columns. And the whole table is going to inherit the uh, inline editing functionality. Likewise, if you want to have the uh, column-related sorting functionality, you can get it done just by configuring the JSON string that is provided to the columns likewise if you want to display some sort of url columns if you want to display some sort of currency related data everything can be configured just by configuring the json input that we provide to the component but there are a few limitations and one of the limitation is if you want to display special types of fields in the data table it is not possible and what i mean by that is if you want to display a lookup field if you want to display a quick list field within the lightning data table it is not possible if you remember we discussed in the beginning that in case if we want to display these sorts of fields in the visual force page we can have apex page block table within which we can have apex column within which we can make use of something called apex input field and it is going to get the field in the same way how it appears on the object but unfortunately we don't have that facility with data table so let me try to sum it up We cannot display fields like lookup fields and picklist fields in lightning data table and we need to create our own custom component in case if we want to display fields like that. And the next problem that I see is when we want to display data coming from related objects and what I mean by that is let us say I am interested in displaying all the contact related information in a lightning data table and I also want to display the name of the account to which this contact is associated with. So here we are trying to fetch data from two different objects which are in relationship and we are trying to display everything in one data table. So there is no straightforward approach for it. I'll tell you why is that we don't have any straightforward approach and we'll also try to discuss about the workaround for it. Coming back to our first problem which is we cannot display lookups and picklist fields in our data table and the workaround for that is we have to come up with our own custom component and we need to implement all the basic functionalities that we get with data table in our component and on top of it we also have to implement the functionality where we can display few fields in the same way it is being represented on the object so one way of handling this bottleneck is we can try to create two components and component a is going to display each and everything that is related to a table all the headers and that stuff and component b will be responsible in displaying all the fields of a particular record So record by record, we'll try to push it from component A to component B and component B will try to accept the data or receive the data and it makes sure that all the fields of that particular record are being displayed. So we can make use of attributes to push the data from uh, parent component to child component which is from component A to component B in our case. And behind the scenes, we'll try to create an Apex class with a couple of Apex methods and this Apex method will be responsible in giving us list of all the account records which is going to have two fields within it which is industry and rating out of all the fields that uh, this method is going to written, we'll be having something called account and industry which are basically picklist fields so component a is going to have the table html tags and we'll be making use of all the slds related classes just to make sure that the data table that we are trying to build is in sync with the standard lightning data table ui every record will be pushed from component a to component B and in component B we'll try to display account ID account name and we'll try to take the value for industry field. And here we have to make use of something called lightning select and this tag is going to accept once again a JSON string. If you remember we can control these components by the JSON input that we provide So lightning select is going to need a JSON string and this JSON string is going to have all the values that has to be displayed in the picklist field along with that we need to have something called checked as true for the option which has to be selected so apex method is going to give us back list of all the values of a particular picklist field in our case it is both rating and industry and then back in component b we'll try to create a dynamic json string and based on some sort of js computation we'll try to mark the uh, actual Rating and industry that is associated with a particular record because component B has got the complete record And it is not that hard to just strip these two fields from a particular record And once after the values are stripped We are trying to also receive list of all the options in a picklist from the apex method And put together we are trying to create a JSON string And in this JSON string we are also trying to mark a particular value checked as true So that when the data table is rendered it is going to show us a picklist field and when user tries to click on the picklist field, it is also going to show the tick symbol right beside the value that is selected. So this is the approach that we can make use of whenever we want to display a picklist field in data table. In case if you think this is too much technical for you, then let me try to pull a shameless plug. I run Salesforce Cast, which is a place where I try to create episodes on each and every t- concept that is available on Salesforce, and I try to upload it on my website. I upload weekly episodes, and I have got monthly. Yearly and lifetime plans. You can just subscribe to it. In case if you think you're not a blog person or if you're not a podcast based person, you can just try to take my courses there. Yeah, and let us get back to data tables in LWC. And likewise, the next hurdle or bottleneck that I have come up with is trying to display information from related objects. And the problem here is once again, if you remember, the way we can control these base components is by controlling the JSON input that we provide to these uh, web components or base components. So keeping that in mind whenever we try to fetch list of all the uh, contact records and also its associated account record the json response that we get back from the apex method is going to have some sort of nodes within it and what i mean by that is the json is going to have a key called name to which the value is going to be first name plus last name and then it is going to have uh, email mobile number and that stuff after that until here it will be in the format of key value pair and after that, what happens is the next key value pair is going to be in the format of a node. So key is going to be account and value is not going to be a string. Rather, it is going to be a node. And that node is going to have ID of the account, name of the account, industry, rating, and that stuff. So basically, the JSON that we get back from the Apex method is going to be a typical JSON. And it is not going to have just key value pairs in the format of strings. Rather, few values will also be in the format of nodes. Now. We cannot input a JSON string, which is nested in this format into the base components because it doesn't understand how to react and all the JSON input that we provide to the web components always they have to be flattened. And what I mean by flattened is the JSON input always has to be in the format of key value pairs that too, key should be string, value should be also string or number or uh, any other relative data type, but not in node. But in our case, we have node. And when we try to provide this JSON input to the data table, it is going to just display the fields which are related to contact and it is not going to display the fields which are related to account. As mentioned, we need to flatten this out. And one way of doing it is we need to make use of few for loops and we need to get the keys whose values are nodes. And from that, we need to extract the uh, key values and we need to create a new array, which is going to have information in in the format of key value pairs. In case if things are confusing uh, when it comes to what I'm trying to convey here, I'll try to put a link to the blog post that I've written on how to flatten the object or how to display information from related objects into a lightning data table component. You can go and check it out. And also I'll try to put the link related to how to create uh, lookups and picklist fields in data table. I'll also try to uh, put that link in the description of the episode. So yeah, basically what we're trying to do here is We are trying to get some sort of information from the Apex method and we are trying to do some heavy-duty processing in the uh, controller just to make sure that we form the apt JSON string and we are trying to input that JSON string as an attribute value to the base component. And in this particular scenario, it is not that this is the only option or this is the only way of creating a data table with data from related object. We can try to create a wrapper class and this wrapper class is going to have information about all the contact related fields and also information about all the account related fields and when we try to return this custom data type it is going to give us back a json which is flattened we don't have to do some sort of flattening in our js controller but the problem that i see with this approach is let us say that we have the data table in such a way that we also have a button to the extreme top right where we have something called um, show other columns so when you try to click on that the expected behavior is we also have to display other columns within the same data table. So basically when the data table loads, let us say we are showing five columns and when user tries to click on show more columns, we are trying to display some more columns. In that case, the wrapper class approach is not going to be of much use to us because with wrapper class, we might uh, create a custom data type with four to five fields. We'll try to display it back on the component when user tries to click on the button. If you want to change the structure of a wrapper class it is not suggested and it is not possible so rather the js approach that i have mentioned just now is a lot more suggested as mentioned in case if you did not understand what i was trying to say i'll just try to put a link to the blog post that i have written on how i kind of built these two custom data table components and it is going to be the same when it comes to aura components as well because even in aura components we have something called lightning data table and even there, we try to control the behavior of the components by using JSON input. And even there, it is not going to accept nested JSON input as input to the base components. And we need to flatten them out. So yeah, this is these are the two approaches that we have got. And you can uh, pick one of these based on your requirement. So these are a few things that I wanted you to know about data tables in LWC. And that's all for this episode. And I'll see you in the next one.